If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for the first 23 minutes, we have some fun conversation. We talk about dental dams. <laughs> what the fuck is that thing? It's, yeah, it's an old school reference. We talk about sex education when we were kids. Let me tell you, we learned nothing. No. We, we talk about our favorite scents. Yep, that's right. What we like to smell. New car smell. <laughs> we talk about school dances. Justin could shake his booty. We talk about coming of age, and uh, we talk about the old uh, DVD series, Girls Gone Wild. Sal had all those. <laughs> uh, I also We also mentioned uh, Organifi products in this episode. Now, we are sponsored by Organifi. They do offer... Great organic supplements, including a green juice and a protein powder uh, that are fully organic, no artificial flavors or colors. Uh, if you want to get some of that, just go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MindPump for a massive uh, discount. Then we get into the questions. The first question was uh, pyramid sets versus straight sets. Which one is better for strength? Now, believe it or not, there is an answer if you're just going to compare the two with every, all the other controls being the same. Believe it or not, I'm walking, walking on air. Uh, and uh, I, we do mention a little bit of how we program our workouts in this particular question. Uh, in particular, MAPS Anabolic, which is our foundational program, really maximizes uh, how the central nervous system adapts and how to get stronger. In particular, phase one, it's our most popular program for a reason. You can get that at mindpumpmedia.com. Then we get into the second question. Does weighted cardio send a different signal to the body than regular cardio? In other words, we've talked about how too much cardio slows down the metabolism. Will putting weight on your body change that? Find out in this episode. Then we talk about the most overrated and underrated foods. I do want to make a note here. Don't put pineapple on pizza, you idiots. <laughs> then the final that question me off. what do we think about the western medical practices of like cutting things out when they don't work anymore and pretending like we don't need them like your gallbladder wisdom teeth or your wisdom teeth or your appendix testicles we have a great uh, uh, conversation in that particular one and finally check out our show notes all of our episodes have our show notes at mindpumpmedia.com all you gotta do is click on the podcast tab and each show is time stamped so you can see exactly when we're talking about each topic, if you want to fast forward or rewind to a particular topic, it includes links to the people, the topics, and products that we talk about in this episode. Again, you can find it all at mindpumpmedia.com. Have you guys ever, uh, this is a personal question, hmm. have you guys ever used a dental dam? <laughs> no. Who in the hell has ever actually used one? That's what I'm. I, I want to find my somebody. Question. Do you, you even know what? Do you know what that is, Adam? A dental dam. You don't know what a dental no. dam is. If you've ever used one, we need you to comment. Yeah, I mean. Well, what I have Instagram used that's different. I, so, I, do you I, know what a dental dam is? No, I don't. Okay, so you never took sex ed in school. They didn't teach you. They what always it is? mentioned it, and I'm like, who goes and buys one of those? It's, so I did so take sex ed, but I don't ever remember reading about it or learning about a dental dam. So it's basically, mm, so you don't get it's basically herpes. a piece of saran wrap yeah. that you put over a girl's. Yeah, why can't you just use like a vagina or something? when you go down on her? Mm. So it's how you have safe oral you know sex what? with a vagina. I vaguely remember them showing that. <laughs> a fucking, it's, it's like, wrap it. yeah, like, did anybody why? ever do that? 
That's what I'm wondering. I've never seen a dental dam in real life, ever. You know the only, I th- I'm I gonna look it up. Right it's now. it's fascinating. It like. I could see if you were a John, right? Like if you were heavy uh, into okay. the 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 hooker market, yeah, like yeah. if that was like a regular, like a regular, and, and that was like your thing, like right. You're gonna want to saran wrap it. Yeah, that's about the. Yeah. I, that's but I mean, I wonder if there's even a market for it. Did you Google it and see if I'm we can up, see if we can get one? Bro, they're like they're like plastic. Maybe, maybe I mean, we should. I mean, I mean we're you know like, we're about safety and form yeah. here. Maybe Bro, we maybe we make a mind pump one. They're like blue and stuff. Do they smell? I, like, not before. <laughs> dude, if, I you're, mean, like, if you're a chick, yeah. how pissed are you when the dude pulls that out of his pocket? Yeah, like, uh, hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me get my saran wrap. He's all, like, hold on. Oh, my guy's going to murder me. He's like, all, this no, is no, to this keep goes it, down there. This is to keep it fresh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not, dude. Like to smother you. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's nobody's ever used one. I don't think going down on anybody. Have they? I don't know anybody who's ever. Please tell me how. I've never this, even. Said, I don't even know where you buy one. Please tell me how this even came up as a topic. Where? What were you doing that made you even look? This me up? and uh, <laughs> me and <laughs> Justin. Justin, you brought it up. I did. How did you do I? that? Oh, you. Put or it, why? You I put have it on no you. Idea. I have no idea. You in the market of a dental yeah, dam? Maybe. What's going on? Dude? <laughs> I just these yeah. are just curious thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, like I know it's a thing, right? I know that like it was thoughts. mentioned uh, growing just, up, and I just like who the hell's ever even used one? I'm just very curious. We're gonna do we're gonna do like a random thing, like we're doing your motivational Mondays. Now we're gonna start doing like a, <laughs> Tuesday, sex sex what's, talk with what's Justin. in Justin's head again Tuesday. Yes. Again, you do these things and you always find out like who gets it and who doesn't. You know, it's yeah. like hit and miss. We, you and I, connect on random shit that like that though. Well, that would have yeah. been a joke that would have went right over my head because I don't even remember that was <laughs> what it was called. So, do you guys oh, remember well. Sex Ed though? What was it like for you? Like, do you remember anything? Yeah. That- the only memory I have of Sex Ed that like like stands out is I remember the girl doing putting a my teacher or whoever taught it putting a condom over a banana. Ooh, I had a. Cucumber. I remember that. I yeah. remember what what, cl- what year was this? What grade? Fifth. You were in fifth grade. Yeah, fifth? yeah, I was seventh when, for me. When, gee, now when they when they put a yeah. condom on a banana, fifth grade. Are you sure it was fifth? Hundred percent, I know it's fifth. Because I know you get some sex ed. Yeah. Fifth, but fifth That's usually right. they just teach you about seventh puberty and shit. When they put the condom. On. Seventh is when they do like yeah. like dick shit. And fifth grade sex stuff. Dick shit. What kind of fifth grade we learned about STDs and how to put a condom on? I remember mm. that. 100%. Do you remember that AIDS video? I don't know why you think that's so weird because that is definitely, I think that's the norm is that, because girl, a lot of girls are already going through their period and so they're having Well, that's a, what I'm saying. I think in fifth grade, if I recall, it was all about puberty mm-hmm. and uh, then in sixth, yeah. then in seventh grade is when they talk about like sex. Like, why do I start to smell bad? You yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was always a thing. <laughs> yeah, like- I have hair. Yeah. 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 Exactly. This is weird. Oh, see, I don't re- I I don't remember them being different. I remember them being all at least maybe that was like my school couldn't afford that. It was like we got all the, like, <laughs> get it all in one. Like puberty early. and sex like, ed we talk gotta, all we got to attack this problem early. Yeah, yeah, all together. Let's talk yeah. if we're going to I mean, it makes sense to me. We're going to be talking about their genitals. We may as well talk about their genitals together, right? Yeah. That's what it was probably You're, like. Yeah, jeez. I say I remember 7th grade, the teacher did this thing that I thought was that I think is brilliant where they uh, you could write any question you wanted to ask anonymously mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Then he would yeah. collect them all. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the sex ed class, he would just answer these random questions. Yeah, and people would that. ask... 
like hilarious stuff. Yeah, like yeah. can you get pregnant with anal sex or yeah. can you know what yeah. happens if I swallow semen or I sat on, you know, jizz and you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Am then I the, gonna be pregnant. And then you would answer all these questions. Oh, I don't even yeah. remember that. It was really smart. I thought it was really smart. It was good, yeah. Because yeah. people like they asked like real questions. It's funny because like, you know, the, it sounds like they're trying to be funny, but I guarantee a lot of those were like real questions. Yeah, the yeah. exactly. Because your hands get hairy. What you're... were you guys looking up on Amazon before I came in here? What is it? Oh, the dental dam on that's what that is. <laughs> Uh, assorted flavors. Oh, see, it's like fruit roll-ups. Oh wow, you. look at that! Assorted yeah. flavors. A five pack of. I wonder just if buy those and like eat them. I wonder if they make it because those are like taste like strawberries. I wonder if they make one that tastes like vagina. You know mm. what I mean? That oh, way, it's kind of like the real thing. Flavored one. Yeah, like you're putting it on, but for you all, still get some of the. For all those, like, Tell us how. What is vagina computer like? jockeys? It's, a, it's it's its own flavor. <laughs> it's <laughs> like new like new car smell. Yes. New vagina smell. It's it's fresh. Like it's one of those things you know. You know, you can go you to, know when you taste. You it. know you can like, go to the car the car wash and you're going to ask for that right? Like so, I'll have ooh. no vanilla strawberry. And I'll have new car smell. New car smell. Right when you open the door. That's a smell. vagina in here. You know. By the way, do you know what new car smell is? It's it's the fucking it's chemical fumes yeah. coming off your new yeah, car. From like the leather or like plastic. Yeah, it's literally, it's a bunch of xenoestrogens that are coming through the air. The irony is but it's intoxicating. You, I love it. I yeah. love the smell of a new car and a pair of new sneakers are like two of right. my favorite smells. And exhaust. You love the chemicals. I do. I love the chemicals. I love gasoline. I do. Explains why I like Diet Coke still, I think, maybe. That's yeah. what it is. It's too much. I smelled too much leather in my life. Yeah. You're, and, and sneakers. <laughs> maybe you, you want I, that. You know what I mean? You it, want the chemicals. I don't know. I, you think that's what it is? You think there's not something that it maybe it's something to do with it being so clean and fresh? Mm. You know, something to do with that. You associate the two? Yeah. With being clean and fresh? That's what I think it is. I think it's more of that. I think it's more of an association thing where it's like. Not a, like pine sol smell or something like that? That's not clean and fresh? Yeah, see, I don't like that. That's chemically smell. That's like a chemical smell. You don't like pine sol? Mm-mm. What about bleach? Ugh. Oh, I hate bleach. Oh, yeah, no, bleach yeah. is way too strong. Got a weird smell. Yeah. No. What about I feel like it, those those have such a strong smell? Fresh I feel like cut wood. Mm. Like I I like I like uh like this is how I am too like so I don't like women's perfume. I don't like women's perfume on women. Or You like them on men? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I, much appreci- I appreciate that. Yeah. I li- I like uh <laughs> I don't like perfume at all. I don't like cologne either, so I don't wear any cologne. But I do like real soft scents. So like uh, Katrina wears like um, lotions that are scented. So I like like mm. the Victoria's Secret lotion. So mm. I like a nice smell, but I don't like a smell that's so strong I can it's taste it in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know like when that girl walks by and she's yeah. got that oh, fucking, that. you know, the old little, ladies. The latest yeah, fucking the Nordstrom just, popular yeah. fucking perfume spray uh, and you, you feel like you're gagging on it. Uh, you know, you get in an elevator. You're, like, <coughs> yeah. you're yeah. right, Justin. Oh, it is old ladies. Yeah, it's like really sweet. Like, and, and it, I remember just like hugging an old what lady. Was that Beavis? I, uh, 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 <laughs> I just had this thought. And I, laughed. Yeah, I know. Um, I saw this. Yeah, you picture like, naked old lady right there. <laughs> Come on, dude. Uh, 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 I remember uh, that one time. Uh, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> old lady, no, keep going. So what do you do? You hold, they like the old ladies like the floral, strong floral. Yeah, because then it's like you get the makeup and all that like makes its way onto your cheek, and then you get the fucking like really strong, flowery, like super sweet smell, and it like lasts all day, like yeah. penetrates your skin. Oh, see, my grandma smelled good. Uh, my grandma smelled like, like a, grandma, oil, oil valet. 
Oil of Olay? Yeah. My grandma wears that too. So when a, when a, when a, when a young chick wears you know that? You Oil of Olay is? No. Of course I mean, not. I've seen the commercial. I, of course but. not. Look at your skin. <laughs> How would you know? I'm gatored out, dude. I don't know. I'm dry. It, whenever I smell that on like a younger girl, it throws me off like big time because I'm so used to smelling like my 70-year-old grandmother who smells like that <laughs> so when so, a young girl wears. So, so if you're young, don't wear Oil of Olay. <laughs> so oil I like uh, I like kind of fruity smells, you know, like if you like, you know, the body sprays that smell fruity. Mm. But it's because I have an association because the first time, like all, well, probably most guys, the first time I went to a strip went club. To a stripper. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, 18. And by the way, this is just what happens when you're a, when you're a young dude. Actually, it happens to old guys too. Uh, you think for sure she likes you, like for sure. And there was this one stripper and she was dancing and stuff and I got lap dances and she smelled fruity mm. and she gave me all this attention and told me how hot I was and this and that. And I thought for sure, like, wow. No. She's breaking the rules right now because she likes me, dude. Yeah. Like she would totally make out with me if the guy was the bouncer wasn't looking. Anyway, yeah, that smell stayed on me, <laughs> and now whenever I smell flor like uh, not floral but fruity scents, no, I you know that. what I remember the uh, herbal essence. Like this one girl had really really long straight blonde hair that was just like you know she would give me a hug every now and then. <laughs> you just smell her hair, and I would like, like a creep. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> no, I was like I was young. I was like I was like seventeen or something, and and I was. I was just like we getting hugs like uh, in class, and, and she she hugged me, and it was just like oh my god, I I I just distinctively remembered like it was intoxicating. Was is that like, <gasps> is that still a thing for a young teenage boy? Like not, I mean, uh, I would say, like your son should be going through this right now. Where they just hug everybody? Yeah, well, do you remember that? You yeah. remember? So I remember. It was the way you touched. A girl. I know. It just you just reminded me of a memory that I had not even thought about in such a long time. That I remember, and this is probably, so I'd love to hear from a kid that's between fifth grade and probably eighth grade right here, because I think that's when it was most popular, because by getting into high school, you're fucking around doing shit, right? But literally from fourth to like eighth grade, it was like the thing to like hug all the girls. Yeah. To the point where, like that—that's how I left school every day. Every, I had like my. Yeah, you counted it. Yeah, out. yeah, exactly. That and that was like the big deal. Like, oh, I hugged so and so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hugged. Oh my god, yeah, I hugged and her you, today. Yeah, <laughs> you, you'd have like, one like in sight. And you're like, I haven't hugged her ever. I'm like, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> Today's <laughs> the day. And these poor girls are thinking like, he's so nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah, it's yeah, totally. And then meanwhile, you're leaving with your buddy. Like, like, I felt oh, her boobs yeah, on my great. chest. Oh, that's great. exactly what's yeah. going on. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. And I and I wonder if that's still a thing. Like, is it still a thing for boys to? Hug the cute girls when you're when you're younger because you're too afraid to do anything yeah, I don't else. Know. I I'm not like, I'm not kissing them or fooling around with them. I'm just hugging. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I bet you're they're a little less physical now, you know, because everybody's all the, in their phones. And well, shit. that's well, he what, texted me. Right. That's, I'm wondering now that we do this the, the emoji thing and the text messages and the Instagramming. Like now, it's just got rid of hugging. Maybe this, this would be an interesting study. Yeah, I, should, I, I would think that. that you would have something for this. <laughs> you're looking at me. <laughs> yes. But, uh, actually, they did. They did a study. Uh, no, I don't know. If they, <laughs> no, I remember. I remember that. And I did. I had a. There's uh, got to be a hugging study in Doug. PE. Did you guys ever have this in PE? We had someone come and teach us how to do uh, dancing. Like uh, we had this teacher. God, I remember his name, Mr. Penny. Mr. Penny came no. and taught us line dancing. And what's the one where you go arm in arm and you square dancing? Square dancing. Oh, yeah. And we all had to square dance. And it was like my first time ever. Holding like hot girls' hands and fucking arm and arm and shit. You guys did that in elementary? No, this was like maybe it was sixth grade or seventh grade. It was pretty young, but you're like, you know, you're 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 doing the arm and arm thing, switching off, and then at you know at some point you're gonna end up 
being arm in arm with the super hot, wow, untouchable did. girl of school, and you got to touch her arm. You yeah, like actually taught you how to do it. Like we just would go to dances and like <laughs> not know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah no, we did dances great. too, but yeah. this was like. PE class, we actually had a guy come and teach us. He taught us how to do the electric slide nice. and line dancing. And Isn't it funny when you think about traditions that we've kept for so many generations, like, you know, high school or junior high, like dances, and how, like, what is the what is the driving force behind why we have, we've Im- implemented these traditions and what really excites people to have them and why we don't ever get rid of them like Like why do we have dances yeah like why do we have dances in fifth and sixth grade like what is the what's going on i feel like it's one of those situations where we're trying to organize them you know hanging out together that we can control because if we don't then they're gonna like do crazy shit without us even though it doesn't really matter that's why i find it fat like really think about that right like really think like why do we have like the purge like why do we think (laughs) get it all out here kids (laughs) when we're watching and and as a now and from a kid's perspective what do you think the whole time you just can't wait to get to that dance with the girl that you asked to go there because you know you're gonna get the slow dance i don't give a fuck about all the fast dancing shit like i just can't wait especially if you can't dance right especially if you can't dance like i cannot i feel like justin couldn't wait for the fast dancing because you have have moves right i had to bust it out he's the guy that went out to the fast dancing then all the slow dancing when he went and sat back down doing (laughs) doing the worm and shit i bet you were the guy that would go out and fast dance because you knew the girls would love it Totally. Yeah. I would, get, I would get attention. Hashtag fast dance. Yeah. Fast dancer. Like, look at that white dude. <laughs> he can yeah. move. Oh, yeah, man. I was busting a move. No, so, but think about that, though, as a kid. And then that's all, as a boy, all you're thinking about is I can't wait to get there and press myself against these girls. So it's for, press myself. Yeah. The freak dancing thing. Oh, that was, so that was way inappropriate. It's funny because years ago, I had a client who had a teenage daughter who got her heart broken by some dude. And. She was explaining to the girl, like, listen, most boys are like this. Like, this is all they're interested in. And I had this conversation with her. And my point of view was, when you're a teenage boy, it's not like in your mind you're thinking, I'm going to trick her so that I can do things with her. They're not even thinking that. Teenage boys literally think that they really like the girl. And then once they get what they want, they're like, "Mm, I don't really like her anymore. It's like a (laughs) biological trick that we can't even control. Right, right. You know what I mean? So I was explaining that to her. I was like, listen, I don't think these guys necessarily, some of them are like mean spirited, but some of them, the guy who told her he really loves her, he thought he did until... He do what he do with her. Well, especially and then he doesn't anymore. Especially at that age, right? Because that it's different. Maybe when you start getting to high school and a, and a kid's got or, or a young man has got you know experience, right? Yeah. Where he's had several girlfriends and then and he's or he's been sexually active and then now he's now he has a thirst for it and then now it becomes like a macho thing. Sure. Who you know and then, then it does become it manip- can, yeah. yeah. Then it can then it can become manipulative or can become you know I think uh, unhealthy or whatever, but. I think at a you know you're talking fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, like oh my god, like at that point you're right. You just, I think too, you're just uh, you're so intrigued by the opposite. You're finally interested in the opposite sex because just two years before that, whenever that was going on, you thought girls were gross, right? Yeah. So at one point, you're, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden there's something that happened, which is funny because as a kid when you're going through that process, you don't have the self awareness yet to like put that all together. Like, well, that's weird. I think last year. 
I thought she Well, it's was like when you're watching up. a movie and they start making out and having a sex scene or whatever. Like, before, I remember, like, distinctively, I used to be like, ah, ah, like, fast forward. And then, like, you know, there was, like, one year where I was just And like, then you're 35, and then all, uh, all we do is fast forward yeah. the other stuff and to then, get to that. Yeah. 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 No, that's all I watch. It's like, hollywoodshottest.com. Oh, dude. It's remember so, that? What, Hollywood's Hottest? Oh, come on, That dude. website? Don't tell me I was the only one. Was that the site that had they, they all the like, nude scenes? shows like boobs? Yeah, for like yeah, famous actresses. And oh stuff. my yeah. god, I, I do know. remember that. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. That's such an old site. I wonder if I it know. still exists. I doubt it. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Hollywood's hottest. Yeah, that was right around the whole uh, whatever with that popular uh, Girls Gone Wild thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. you know, I met I met the guys who shot that because they shot the Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, really. Guy, yeah, dude, those guys were really they smart. got some big heat, trouble. Right? Yeah. Big trouble. Didn't they lose all their money? No, I don't think they, they got sued big time for something, but that dude had made so much money already, and I think he had pivoted into other things too. So I had to look him up. I can't remember. I'm totally talking out my ass right now because I don't remember their names. I don't remember what he pivoted over to, and I do know he went through a major lawsuit like you're talking about, but I don't remember what it was for and what how a much. Scumbag. Oh, what but, a scumbag. Right? What a brilliant, brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. Brilliant, uh, totally see, scumbag, though. I, you know, exploiting do you really think girls. scumbag? Do you think scumbag when that many people He's are looking at... exploiting them, though. You know? I mean, are you, though, when you... These, well, the, here's what it is. Okay, here's what it is. I mean, they're uh, young. They're, I, I they're, mean, this these, is definitely these, like touching the third rail a little bit right it here because I know some people get sensitive these, about this stuff. So they got in trouble because I think one of the girls was underage, but she lied and showed a fake ID or something like that. But if they were legal... If they were not intoxicated when they signed the agreement, they're, they were in agreement for doing these things and then they get drunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why he's a scumbag. Because you've got all these super hammered people acting stupid and girls showing their boobs or whatever when they're smashed. And like when I see that, even, even when I was younger, I kind of made me feel uneasy. Like, oh, they're really, you know what I mean? It's like they're really, they're really drunk or I don't know. So this guy's like taking advantage of that. That's also right. why it comes across as a scumbag. See, because I, I look at it like, okay, we look at now, we fast forward to our time now where we have Instagram and all the stuff, social media stuff. And I see what some of these girls put out there to get attention on their on their Instagram. Yeah. And they're sober and more than willing to do it. And I think all, all I think is the guy, this guy who we're talking about saw that and decided, hey, you know, I'm going to make a business out of this by gathering all these girls that are like this uh, and putting them on on a video. Well, you and, see it just going on these spring break, uh, you know, right. trips. It's, like, it's feeding. It's feeding into the yeah. same same thing, and it's just somebody just who's who's organized that. it in a sense, yeah. right? So it's like I don't know. I don't know how much of a a scumbag I think someone. He's a, well, he's a, think about it this way. Would you want this guy like hanging out with like your daughter and your wife and your you know? I mean, you'd be like maybe you knew him. But you also know he's a dirtbag. Like he's kind of a dirtbag. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, legal, mean, but he's a dirtbag. Well, see, that's I don't know. See, I, I disagree. I would never judge someone like that until I met them. Well, I wouldn't judge anyone. Period, You're right. But, I don't know the guy or whatever. Right. Because he comes across because as a here somebody was going to provide that type of service, whether he did it or someone else did it. So you have to ask yourself. Shit. I, I talk to my uncle all the time about business, and he uh, we the joke you know between him and I because he's always he always references the porn industry for who's doing what and who's making they're moves. They're like the leaders. They yeah. are. He's like, they're, I know. when you talk about uh, consuming uh, consuming entertainment, he goes, always pay attention to the porn industry. And he goes, I know that sounds crazy because you're in a total different business now because you're in health and fitness, but they are always ahead of most businesses when it comes to the inter- the entertainment side of uh, consumption 
for consumers, right? So I or uh, entertainment for consumers. So I think uh, a guy like that who does that, I don't I don't know if I judge him so much to think that he's necessarily a scumbag for doing that. I think he saw an opportunity. And it's like these girls are getting drunk, showing their tits all over the place, and people are doing it anyways. I'm just gonna make a cool video and and edit it and throw it all together. Yeah, you know what sign waivers and then make you know money. what it is. It just <laughs> makes it makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes yeah. me a little uncomfortable, and maybe I wouldn't feel so uncomfortable if I didn't have. A daughter who I know yeah. at some point. No, I see your your angle of that. Yeah, like, I wouldn't feel comfortable hanging out. You know, like just just based off of no, because like think about it, like kids, totally good kids, normal, healthy kids from good families. Sometimes party, get crazy, especially when they're young and they don't know they don't know their limits and they drink and then you do stupid shit. We've all done it. We've all done shit. Uh, just luckily for us, they didn't have I know iPhone cameras and shit around us because trust me. I'm sure we could have all gotten filmed. We got out of that like by the skin of our teeth. Yeah, so it just makes me uncomfortable because I'm sure my daughter, when she's in college and she'll go enjoy herself, she may do some shit that's embarrassing to her later. Yeah, you know, in life, and it just it just makes me feel uncomfortable. So I hear what you're saying. I just yeah, get uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like businesses like that though expose that for us and gives you a different perspective that you may not have had before, and and it also gives you an example to maybe even show like your daughter, like, see, honey, yeah. you don't want to be like well, these girls. Let's go right? to college. Yeah, <laughs> right? Very, very. There are going to be times where yeah. you drink yeah. and you're having a good time. Someone's going to have a camera. Right? Sounds yeah. like a good idea, but do you really want to be this girl? You know? See, and you give her like a. <laughs> so that's what I tell. So episode. I've been I've been doing that. I've been doing that with my with my kids, my son in particular. And then you show, then you show the same video to your son. You say, "Son, this is what you're going to be looking for <laughs> no. when you go to school." Like this is Arizona State. Yes, you know? they're they're all over the, they're all over the place. Shout out to Arizona. Lots State of little Devils. girls that have daddy issues that are running all over. Here's the place. what I tell my yeah. you know what I told my son the other day just to scare him. I'm like, listen, I'm like everything you do on the internet is saved by someone mm. just to scare him. You know yeah. what I mean? Totally. Like somebody has it somewhere. So just remember that. I know. Yeah. It's true though. It is true, by the way. It's a scary thing. Yeah. Your bring, porn searches. Bring on the bird. Here comes the uh, exposing bird. Today's quad is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Klepzolius Rex. Oh, you did figure out how to say that. Oh, I did, yeah. Wow. Pyramid sets versus straight sets. Which is better for strength? That's a great question. It is a great question. So... Uh, before I, I give my answer to this, uh, I want to, there's one, uh, kind of caveat. Both can be more effective for strength depending on what phase you're training in and, and how you've been training. So if it's a new ah. stimulus, if it's a new stimulus to you or a new way to train, you're going to get more strength gains from it. Yeah. Okay. That being said, if you had all things being equal, everything's equal, you had groups of people who have trained the same way, you know, they're all, you know, similar genetics, whatever, and we're just looking at pure strength, not hypertrophy, I have to go with straight sets because this is the way that the most uh, calculated strength athletes train. Mm -hmm. uh, Olympic lifters um, and, uh, and even power lifters tend to train this way where they'll take a weight that they can lift for sub-maximal, you know, uh, intensity – 
you know, let's say like a power lifter is going to do sets of three, even though they maybe go to five for failure. And they'll keep using that same weight for set after set after set. Olympic lifters uh, do this as well. Well, they'll take a weight and they'll practice this weight over and over again because what they're looking for... It's more like skills training. It's Yeah, they're looking for like maximal central nervous system adaptation and skill, which you're going to get more skill if you keep everything the same and perfect the yeah, movement absolutely. versus pyramiding. Pyramiding may have more benefit for hypertrophy, which may be why mm-hmm. you know bodybuilders tend to do that. They, so, they, they've done studies like this before where, they, where the pyramid sets, um, but again, they're always you know, a four to eight week type of a study, right? And I think what remains true, and you know, I'm glad we did this question because I feel like now that we've done like 600 episodes, when we first started, I felt like we spent a lot, this was before we even started monetizing, right? We mm-hmm. would we would talk a lot about the principles of maps and what, why and how we created that through these types of questions. And I feel like we got away from talking about some of this, these, this basic knowledge because we feel like we've kind of drilled it. But I forget that there's a lot of people that have probably not listened to episodes one through 100. And this is, this is really, I mean, if you're just coming into Mind Pump in the last six months, the, the, the real success behind everything that we did when we first started releasing all the episodes and then maps came out was, was the brilliance in the programming. And, and part of the brilliance in the programming is really that, you know, we took a, a lot of philosophies that we felt that were, um, that were overlooked that people don't realize mm-hmm. are very, very important in the game of consistently seeing gains and results. Anybody can throw a four to six week program uh, together that, you know, makes you sore. Like that's fucking easy. Yeah. But give me give me something where I'm gonna consistently see change. And when you are you gonna follow something that's gonna consistently give you change, there are certain rules and stuff that you need to follow. And talking about pyramid sets and straight sets, this is one of them. Either one of those would be great, but guess what? After about four weeks of doing that consistently in all of your exercises, the returns are going to start to diminish. So then understanding how to phase things in and out of your workouts. become, And that was the idea and what was so great about MAPS is that we, it's not just one workout. It's literally a program and we teach you how to phase workouts well, over also, the course. Of- yeah. Along those lines, like um, when you're talking about the difference between the two of them, like there is like a slight difference. Like you may actually benefit more, uh, if your focus is more in the hypertrophy and like that, that's your ultimate goal. And like, uh, and that's why, like, if you want to like get down to where we always talk about splitting hairs, like there, there could be, you know, more benefit if, you know, if I want to focus more on getting stronger and like straight sets and, and just working on the skill and performance of it and really mastering that, um, you know, I, I definitely tend to lean more on that end of it. If I'm in more of a strength phase, more of a central nervous system type of adaptation. So just deciphering like, and, and kind of weighing it out, um, based off of like your, your goal or where you are in your training program, uh, is important. And that's why, you know, we went through and we, we combed through all of these, uh, different modalities, different techniques, different, uh, like protocols, um, to kind of decipher how they would all blend and marry together the best and how we could create like a better recipe. Well, it's like asking, this question is very similar or would be the, would it be the same as like someone asking me, um, Adam, do you think that phase three of maps, it builds more muscle than phase one of maps? Mm-hmm. I could argue either one. Right. I could, I could, I could tell you 
d- depending on the person who's w- what I'm getting them before, right? Like what they were doing before, I can make the argument that th- phase three builds more muscle mm-hmm. than phase it's, one, it's and not, vice versa. It's right. really about what signal have you been sending to your body over the right. last? What have you been doing? You have to consider two things. You can't just consider the signal. That's very important. Okay, so these are both very important. The signal is important, but also the subject that you're applying the signal to is also very important. They're both very important factors. You can't just factor one of those things. So if you take someone that always trains straight sets, always trains low reps, and you ask me the same question um, in a short period of time you know, and say, okay, for the next four weeks, is this person going to build more strength doing straight sets, low reps, or doing pyramid sets for you know, a little bit of higher reps? I'm going to tell you the pyramid sets because that person's been training straight sets for so long. You have to consider both factors. But again, if everything's equal, straight sets build more of that uh, that that strength, that skill aspect that is so important to strength. A very, very large component of strength uh, comes from the skill of strength. And you can see this, uh, you know, everyday life, like if you look at, uh, you know, in extreme cases, if you look at an athlete swinging a bat, uh, you know, you could take an athlete who's played baseball for years um, and they could swing a bat and they'll swing it much harder than a bodybuilder who's much, much stronger. There's a lot of skill involved in swinging a bat, a lot of skill that's involved in making that bat move. Same thing in, uh, the, you know, that's a pl- that's true for things like squats, bench press, deadlifts, and all those different things. So, Straight sets, if all things are considered, are probably better for strength. But uh, overall, long term, you should employ, you should definitely employ both. Pyramid sets are great for uh, like phase three of uh, you know of maps anabolic or maps aesthetic, for example, when you're trying to get more of a pump. That's when I like to play around with the reps a little bit because now I'm squeezing more blood into the muscle. They really both belong somewhere in your programming. And yeah. again, going back to uh, you know what was so special about MAPS and also why I don't care who you are, what your goal is, whether it be strength, hypertrophy, uh, endurance-type training, I, I 100% stand by I think everybody should go through all of the programs because there's, there's something that – uh, is going to contribute to all of those goals. Doesn't matter if it's strength, doesn't matter if it's hypertrophy, fat loss, doesn't matter what it is, every one of the phases are designed that they will contribute. Now, you know, when you do these, when we get it, and this is what I don't like about, you know, what's, what the fitness industry has done is we've created all these camps, you know, you have, you have literally people that call it strength camp and, you know, pyramid setting, and you have these different camps that are out there. And, you know, this is their way of training because there are studies that show that, oh, when you do straight stretch, this is the straight sets, this is the best way to build strength. Well, yeah, th- of course, in a six-week study compared to somebody else who's doing circuit-based training or some bullshit. So, like, I mean, I fell in. I fell into a lot of these traps. Yeah, like, all I of would, us did. I would read yeah. like bodybuilding magazines, and they'd say um, to build mass, the best rep range is this. And mm. guess which rep range I fucking stayed in? Right, I trained forever. Six, forever. I, tra- I trained literally six to eight reps for fucking years because that wanted, was the mass. Because I was yeah. because I read a study that said for for the for the for to build the most amount of mass. This is the this is the training where you should be. This rest period, this way, and so like a young kid who read his first yeah, fucking eight study. To ten for me, yeah. I stuck in this six to eight forever because I read a study to back it up and support and it. And the and, one time you switched to the higher reps, right, yeah. and probably blew up. Oh yeah, yeah. Then years later, I read something else 
that was conflicting with that and said, well, no, actually you could build a ton of muscle this way. And I'm like, oh shit, well, I've never even, I, th- I don't want to get small muscles. I don't want to tone my muscles. I want big muscles. Yeah. I shouldn't yeah. be doing, fi- and then I did 15 reps. Then boom, all this of a sudden I- jazzercise. I got all this crazy size. Then what did I do? I married- stayed there I married there. Then I stayed yeah. in there for years again. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think when we get all passionate about topics like this and, and frustrated when it gets, to, when we get into these splitting hair type of questions is that's what's wrong with this industry is they they want to make these debates on which is better for this well fuck it it depends i can make the argument on either one depending on who i'm speaking to and the real answer is everybody should experience the benefits of all of them and then you should just learn to phase them in and out of your workouts learn learn what benefits you get from different types of training and then learn when to uh, inject those into your routine. So if I know when I first start a new adaptation phase and these are the things that I get and then I notice after this certain period of time those effects start to drop off, then I switch yeah. to a different Do you know what this modality. you know understand the difference of of, you know, the different techniques and why, you know, like what what you're actually trying to accomplish with that. Do you know what I want? You if you ask me what you know what I want for people that listen to Mind Pump, I want the cycle to be broken. There is a cycle that is going on, and I still hear it, even amongst our own listeners. So I'm calling you out if this is one of these people. The idea of MAPS and to go through the programming is not to say that this MAPS is better than that MAPS or our program is better than this program. It's to teach you how to program for yourself, for your body. The idea is that you go through it. So my goal to break this cycle of what I see, which is, the, the thing in the gym to talk about is oh yeah I'm running I'm running Jim Stepani's this or oh yeah I'm running uh, I'm running Lane Norton's this or oh I'm running you know Ben Pakolsky's this is to break the fucking cycle and learn to create your own programs and that was really the mission behind Maps was to take you through all these different types of programs and un- so you understand the philosophies behind all of them apply them to yourself follow them to a T and then learn how to modify manipulate and especially so- pay attention to what feels like you. You haven't done like like what feels like super new and fresh and like something that are challenging or something that like you know you would never do like like that's something I that feel you like pay attention I to. feel like somebody and I know this sounds like a fucking commercial right now but I, we haven't talked about this in a while I feel like somebody who's gone through all of the maps programs should never have to do another program itself doesn't mean they have to follow maps to a T for the rest of their life but if you go through every gone of, through enough variety if you've gone through every now. one of the maps programs and understands the philosophy behind them you should never have to buy a program ever again the rest of your life. You will have, you should have the knowledge if you've been listening to the show, utilizing all the tools that we put out there to forever create your own program. Map Super Bundle. I re- I remember when I was, uh, I remember specifically when I was a kid, I read an article on uh, German volume training. You guys have heard yeah, of that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which employs a lot of this. Which is great. So yeah. what they would do is they would say, so instead of doing, you know, three exercises for three sets each, which is, you know, nine sets for shoulders, Pick one exercise and just do nine sets. Pick a particular weight, do the same reps, same weight, all nine sets. And I remember reading the article and I did it and boom, I got all these freaking gains. And then I made the same mistake, dude. I stayed there for way too long. And this was like the same cycle that I just repeated over and over again, right? Do something for so long that not only did I get no results, I'd get negative results. And then at some point, someone would convince me to try something else and then it would work. And then that would be the one that I would do forever as well. And it was just like so much wasted time mm-hmm. doing that. So I just, you know, I people that that go through the program, like take it, take it on like that. Don't take it on as another 
you know, one of our one of our friends once said this to me, and I think it's forever offended me, and that's why I talk about it so much. Is referred to our programs as like ice cream or like programs in general as ice cream that that everybody has their own flavor. <laughs> and my my answer to that is that you know that's the problem with the fitness industry is everybody looks at programs like they're fucking ice cream, and the and the reality is it's not like that at all. Is there? That's a majority of the shit out there is just a bunch of flavors. But there is a way to learn how to program yourself, and that's the idea of going through the programs is for you to learn that process. And, and well, then- the exercise science, like I feel like that's a term that uh, not many people like hold as like you know legit anymore. Like exercise being a science, and because of the fact that the any. Any fucking idiot on Instagram can just do some like lunge jumps or whatever and like justify uh, some sort of a, you know, burn calorie sort of goal uh, and attach something to it. But it's, you know, like there there actually is a reason and a rhyme for yes. the way that we, you know, intend to train our body to adapt and, and to uh, respond like very specifically to this type of stimulus that we're, we're you know, introducing it towards. I hate this other thing that I see all the time too, which is that, you know, do what you love or do what you'll consistently do. Well, yes, we've said that on the show before that a yeah, step it, one. Yeah. Doing something that's you do consistently is better than you doing something inconsistently. So yeah, no shit. But the problem with that is People find something, you know, whatever it is, and I'm talking about all modalities, they find something that they like, and why do they like it? Because it showed them some sort of results, right? They sign up for this new Orange Theory class, they take this CrossFit class, they take, you know, they buy someone's new program online, they follow it, and whoa, for the first time, they did something consistently, right? And it showed them results, and now they're married to that. Like, no, don't stop there. Yes, be consistent. Yes, you should love and enjoy working out, but don't love and enjoy the workout part of the workout, love and enjoy the process of learning about your body and learning about what works for you. Yeah. Learn learn to love that instead of getting attached and married to a type of workout that someone introduced to you and you saw a bunch of results the first time because that's everything new. That's a new stimulus. Guess what? When And then when you learn how to stimulate your body all the time like that, you're going to break through all these fucking plateaus. Next question is Zelezniak Vera. Damn, you're good, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> I could are, not. Those uh, are tough. We got all the hard names today. <laughs> so, does weighted cardio send a different signal to the body than classic cardio? Um, yes, uh, but not what you're thinking. Yeah. So, classic cardio. I don't know. I feel like it needs a jingle. It does. Yeah. So, it, uh, it's different because it's different. So, you do get a different <laughs> signal because it is different. But is it the same in the sense that uh, you're just asking your body to become more efficient? burning calories yeah it's the same in that sense um i can make anything cardio so i can lift weights and send a signal for my body to be more efficient with calories and slow down in metabolism i can do that with running i can do that with swimming i can do that with crossfit i can do that with any activity uh this i think she's referring to because i've I've made a couple references and then i did a, a a post on instagram about um how cardio is a terrible way to bur- to to lose weight because it does tell the body, become more efficient uh, with your calories, um, aka slow down your metabolism, and the muscle fibers that get stressed the most with cardiovascular endurance type training also uh, evolved to become better and stronger without getting bigger mm. because uh, you don't, you don't want to get bigger because that burns, that requires more energy, which is counter to 
having to you know repetitively do this motion for long periods of time. So again, these type of activities, these endurance-based cardiovascular type activities, which include circuit training classes, boot camps, they include you know you know doing tons of exercises back to back, even though it's weights. All of them are asking your body to become very very efficient with calories and to become to gain lots of endurance, which means you're going to have a slower metabolism over a period it's, of time. It's interesting to think about because I remember weighted vests were like really popular there for a minute. And um, I I was thinking about that in terms of like the effectiveness of it. Like, um, you know, what the way that I would use it, like let's say that, you know, I'm playing a sport and um, how does that translate as far as like, okay, so if I'm having, you know, an extra loaded force like going into these movements and trying to be explosive is that really like a better idea of how to train you know and, and prepare i mean maybe if i have somebody on my back you know mm-hmm. in, in the sport and i'm trying to overcome that that you know force based off of what i'm adapting to or i'm wearing pads and i'm wearing a helmet and i'm trying to acclimate to what you're going to actually have yeah what you're actually going to have versus like like I think what's what's interesting to me with um, you know the thought process with that is people just think that like weighing yourself down more m- means it's better. I I rarely 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 recommend weighted vest cardio because if we look at cardiovascular activity, especially outdoor cardio activity like running and sprinting and you know drills, and if I consider all of the overuse injuries and all of the muscle imbalances that are created from them because people don't know how to run, people, when they get fatigued, they start creating bad recruitment patterns, and then yeah. those are the ones they strengthen. waiting that just... Yeah, throw a vest on someone, and you're just going to make it that much worse. Like, oh, my knees bother me when I run. Here, yeah. throw a vest on. Yeah. Well, this what's going to hurt more. The, the reason why it's it's so similar is because you're, you're, you're either going to... If we're doing exercise, right, we're either going to be anaerobic or aerobic. And so mm-hmm. whether you're in a weighted vest or not, you're doing an aerobic exercise. So it, you're, you're basically using the same operating system. You're just uh, less efficient at the aerobic part. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's really the only difference is... It, it, so it's really not that... And you're, you're, what you're risking, like Sal was saying, as far as putting weight on on your shoulders or back or however what kind of vest or ankle weights whatever the fuck you're using uh you're you're only going to exaggerate any sort of imbalances that you have as you're running and heel striking like crazy over rep, tons of repetitions as you fatigue so uh not a smart way and i think i think this is the mistake that people make in general with cardio is i think we we attach cardio to fat loss mm-hmm. and and so everybody thinks like oh if i need to lose fat that this is the way and i i think it was melissa's interview we did or maybe it was the one that i did the other day where you know i talk about that this should be like the last thing it's like that secret weapon that we have if your if your goal is fat loss and you want to know how to use cardio then it should be the like the last resort the last tool that you use and said so you should have already figured out everything as far as nutrition, weight training, your programming, all that stuff to get your body to manipulate and change. And then you've got this kind of cardio tool and all the different types of cardio from hit to list to steady state. So you've got all these different types of tools that are similar that you can start to throw at the body as you start to see these plateaus and you progress through your, your weight loss journey. Yeah. If you, if you were to compare uh, groups of people, and by the way, we're talking about just Fat loss, okay? Because if you're trying to build stamina, totally endurance, different. yeah, health, you different. know, like then, yeah, I mean, definitely, if you want to build endurance, cardiovascular uh, type training is has got to be a part of your routine. If you want better health, some cardio 
is probably better for you than no cardio. It's definitely better for you than no cardio. You know, you can overdo cardio just like you can overdo anything. But from a purely fat loss perspective, cardio is the worst. It's one of the worst forms of exercise. Uh, it does burn the most calories. Okay, so if, you know, if, if you were just looking from a calorie burn perspective, while you're doing cardio, you are going to burn more calories in comparison to other forms of exercise. And I got to stop you right there because I know there's a ton of people that are listening right now. They're going like, oh no, there's no way. That's bullshit because every time I've ever wanted to lose weight, I get on that treadmill and start running and I lose weight faster well, that's than any why, other time. So that's people what, need to understand that. That's why. So you do burn more calories while you do it, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the problem. Over time, a relatively short period of time, your body starts to adapt to the energy demands that you're calling upon it while you're doing this activity. And uh, it also wants to uh, re- it also re- wants to reduce its muscle mass because it doesn't need big strong muscles to do cardiovascular activity. It just needs efficient muscles that can contract over and over again. And technically, you run better lighter. You do, <laughs> and there's sl- and there's and, and it just slow twitch muscle fibers don't really build that much. So your body adapts by slowing its metabolism down th- two different ways. Number one, you actually start to burn less calories during the activity. So if you take someone who is a runner and you you have them run and you measure their how many calories they're burning and they're super fit and then you have them go bike or swim, they'll probably burn more calories doing the activities that they're not accustomed to because their bodies have become so good at being efficient at the thing that they practice all the time. So that's number one. Number two, and this is, again, this is proven in, in several studies, you will actually burn less calories throughout the day as well. Your metabolism will change the way it burns calories, it will change uh, hormone profiles in extreme cases, but it also, believe it or not, uh, they if you do hard, intense cardio early in the day or whatever, you'll become less active throughout the day without realizing. It. Your body actually will lower its energy uh, or or lower your your total activity as a result to try and compensate. Because remember, your body evolved through thousands of years of you know being being exposed to you know scarcity scarcity with food needing to become efficient in order to hunt and trek down you know animals and they've done studies there's a the the hadza i hope i'm pronouncing it right the h a d z a uh tribe which is uh, modern hunter gatherers they just did they've done some studies on them some pretty uh, uh incredible ones and they found that these modern hunter gatherers didn't burn that many more calories than the average you know couch potato now they're far more active, but it's because their body's adapted to that activity, and it makes sense. Again, you, you imagine if your body, you know, imagine if I did cardio today and I got my calorie burned to four thousand calories. That is not uh, a good thing uh, in from an evolutionary standpoint. My body would want to adapt because how am I going to get four thousand calories every single day? Every single day in nature just doesn't work. Resistance training does the opposite. Resistance training speeds up the metabolism as a side effect because the signal you're sending when you lift weights is we need strength. We need muscle. And that is more important than being efficient with calories because that's the signal that we're constantly sending. So if you lift weights and you do it properly over time, maybe not in the short term. In the short term, lifting weights won't, won't make you lose weight as fast as cardio. Okay, In the medium and long term, it's far more effective to the point where you know, like we just had, we just had a competitor that Adam was training who was 100 and something like 14 pounds, tiny girl, walked into a competition eating 1,600 calories leading up to the competition. So she was eating as much as 2,600 calories, which is more than a lot of men can eat. And you know, on the, on, her competitors were probably consuming closer to 1,000 calories, all because her metabolism was kept 
you know, burning hot. So, uh, so I, I guess that's a long-winded way to answer this question. Next question is from Bitch Can Move. <laughs> wow. I, like when, I like when Doug cusses. Snap. Yeah. Most overrated and underrated foods. Ooh, this is kind of a cool one. Yeah. I'm going to think about this for a minute. Most overrated hmm. and underrated. For sure, overrated. First one that comes to mind, tilapia. Tilapia has to be the most. What? Who the hell rates it highly? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? It's like a staple uh, meal for every bodybuilder. Oh, for bodybuilding? Yeah. Everybody. I was thinking in terms of taste. Oh, oh, uh, no. It's that, rated I, for shit. Oh, I think that's what they're, I think, I'm thinking, when I think overrated and underrated, I'm not thinking at all about food. I'm thinking about what people rant and rave, talk mm. all about, or press, mm. like oh, food. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking along those lines. And the things it thins that, the skin. Right. Tilapia is <laughs> the most the skin. overrated that food that people use. Uh it was a joke too uh, that Melissa and I, you, when we were going through, she was like, "Hey, you know what? I, you never asked me to eat fish, or I never had to eat tilapia." I'm like, "Yeah, because you never said you wanted it. <laughs> we don't need. You don't have to use tilapia to get super shredded. <laughs> Doesn't work that way." So that's an overrated one. Um, another overrated one is the pop tart crave. Um, it was so funny. I had not had a pop tart since I was probably ten years old. Or they're not. Younger. They're not. They don't they're taste good. Cardboard. They don't right. taste good. And everybody was posting about it like crazy while I was competing. I was like, okay, I've toaster got, strudel. I've got to try one of these. Yeah, I've got to right. try one of toaster these. Strudel. And what I ended up noticing was, I remember trying to eat one. I'm thinking like, what the fuck? This is like cardboard. And then I did it again, and then I caught myself starting to crave them. And I was like, man, this is what's happening. Uh, Get all these guys on the, popping these pop tarts before they go. And then I found myself like. I can't believe that my body wants this fucking shitty piece of cardboard because <laughs> so I remember gross. the first time I put it in my mouth, I'm like, this is terrible. And then I remember the second time I did it. And then I remembered, oh, wow, now my body wants to do it. So I think that's another overrated food uh, that's out there. Um, what's another one that I see lots of people doing that's crazy? You know what I haven't had uh, and I just haven't had a desire is the um, chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles, I hear so many people talk about, and I've just never thought I want fried chicken on my waffles. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it? <laughs> just yeah, it. it's pretty good. But it's it's like you can eat it, and then, oh, it just destroys you immediately. So you it's not shit. worth it. You get the <laughs> it's right not worth well, it. that's what I think about, right? I think, yeah. like, I don't know. That just sounds no, like it's it going to tear my It's not stomach. even worth it. Yeah. Uh, overrated. Uh, this is easy. Okay, along those lines of like, you know, for health and stuff like that and fitness, easy. This is easy for me. And they're both the same food. Overrated egg whites, completely mm. overrated because uh, it's protein. That's and another clean great. Yeah. Whatever. Wow. That is a great one. Whatever wow. you got companies okay. after you for that one. Underrated egg yolks. Egg yolks are very very good for muscle building. In particular, first of all, they're very high in nutrients, mm. but it's also uh, got some cholesterol, which will help you build muscle. Um, and you know, if you start throwing some egg yolks in there, watch what happens to your strength gain. So that's an easy underrated form. Another underrated food, uh, is, uh, organ meats, organ meats like liver, kidney, heart. Uh, nobody eats them, but, uh, they are easily the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. You cannot find a food that's higher in certain key minerals uh like uh like like a liver i mean uh these organ meats are so prized by mm -hmm. uh you know hunter gatherer societies and and uh you know modern ones even that that's the first thing that they eat or they use as a gift like if they make a successful hunt they'll cut the liver or the heart out and they'll offer it as like this very prestigious gift to you know a guest a guest or whatever they're extremely healthy uh for you as well 
As far as taste stuff is concerned, overrated donuts. Fucking overrated. <laughs> yeah, they're good, dude, but they're not that good. Like everybody, no. like everybody, you relax. Feel like shit immediately. Yeah, like it's not like the greatest thing. I would definitely agree with that. In the, the world, the donuts, donuts and the pom tarts were. I did not introduce them into my life. Pazuki though. Until I can, like, I I hadn't had pom tarts or donuts seriously since I was like probably ten years old. No joke. Years went by not having donuts or pop tarts in my diet at all. And when I got into competing, those two things are like those are the foods, dude. Mm-hmm. Like pop tarts and donuts. And because it was a, I was around it so much, I got to the point where I was like, "Well, I'm a grown ass doll. I can fucking have a donut if I want <laughs> yeah. one, right?" And I remember catching myself having this like conversation, right? Like, uh, "Okay, Adam, you can have a donut because you know what? I'm gonna have a donut." Like, and then I have this donut, and I'm like. It really was not that good, that satisfying. I end up feeling, I get stomach aches afterwards. And then you do it enough times, and it's funny to watch how the body kind of adapts, get used to it, and then all of a sudden you start to find yourself craving it. And then you see what all these people are hooked into, you know? I, I never understood the Krispy Kreme like thing uh, either. I was around that too, because when I was in Chicago, there was uh, a bunch of those. Too and, sweet for me. Oh my God, my roommates in, in college were like, they would... They would go there late at night when they'd throw them away, you know, and so they would go like clean house and get like five dozens in a bag and, you know, pass them out on campus. Well, we have gross. We have friends of ours that's connected to Mind Pump that, you know, talk a lot about donuts and their love for donuts and, and they and they eat donuts all the time. And they and their justification of doing that is, you know, showing people that you can have a healthy fit life while also having your donut every once in a while. And I would challenge that way of thinking and, you know, ask yourself about your relationship with that yeah. food because, and this is coming from somebody who, um, I watched this happen. Like, I'm not, the, I'll be the first one. I was eating donuts when I was competing. <laughs> I was eating donuts. And right before that, I hadn't had donuts for 15 plus years. Yeah. And so really I saw, whoa, how much these things were, were made to get me to crave them and want more of them i went years without having them yeah. it wasn't like i had this connection i need to but then all of a sudden you well, start so now to. you're fitting it into your diet right it's like i never even had these yeah. right i lived years yeah. not having it and yeah. so it took me a little while after competing to get out of uh eating any of those foods it's now been years you since know what? i gotta i gotta go kind of on a different sort of direction like as far as uh what um, sort of mom and dad sort of crowd think is healthy and what is like way overrated in my opinion. So uh, just in terms of like snacks or like, you know, health foods and like, so f- for instance, like uh, making salads, like, so you go to somebody's house and they make you a salad and it's like iceberg lettuce. Yeah, like here's your vegetables. And, like, celery. Yeah, it doesn't count. And I'm like, what the fuck? There's like no nutrients in it at all. It's all water. It's same thing with watermelon. Like uh, bringing the, and they're just like hyping the fact that it's fruit, man. It's fruit. It's so good for you. I'm like, there there's nothing in here. Like I'm <laughs> not getting shit from Justin's this. It's like, why don't you just give me a glass of water, you bitch? Yeah, exactly. It's like, just give me some, a little bit of water just and some fructose. Give me, like a, give me a glass I'm of kidding. water, the same thing. It's like so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> now, you made a good point, Adam, because there. think about it this way. This is actually kind of mind-blowing. We all can think of that one food that if someone told us we could never eat again, we'd be like, oh, no, I can never eat again. It's not really the food. I, there's not a single food that I've ever eaten in my entire life where if I'm being totally objective, if I eat it and it's fucking life-changing, like I can never, never have this food again. It's because of the emotional connection to some food. So if someone told me you can never have, you know, uh, you know, mm. lasagna ever again, I, I would suck because I grew up eating lasagna. It's not because and lasagna is delicious, but it's not. I've never had a food that was so good 
it's like someone telling me I can never have sex again, or you know what I mean? Right. There really isn't any foods that exist like that. <laughs> there's well, a lot of people that would, uh, yeah, like have these sort of feelings. That's though. because yeah. there's an emotional yeah, connection. Hundred percent, there is. If you, there's so many good foods out there that most of us won't even experience all of them in our entire well, lifetime. I got, I got a good one. So I find it fascinating when we attach ourselves to these foods and we try and justify it with our exercise and being healthy fit people that, hey, you too. Again, why why we went on a you know quite some time there where we're beating up IIFYM and it's been a while mm-hmm. since we beat them up, but this is a good time to beat them up some more. This is what I this is the problem that I have with it because I think that it promotes these bad relationships with food and nobody wants to admit it. Like that's you know I'm not saying that the structure of it and learning how to count your macros. No, if you fucking are still hung up on us talking about this and that's all you see like you're an idiot. It's not that. It's the relationship that you're teaching yourself this, you know, reward take away relationship with certain foods and oh I'm going to eat a certain way so I could fit this food into my macros. It's like what does that say? Like if you have to, if you are so attached to a food, you've got to eat, you have to plan your day and exercise mm-hmm. around fitting it into your macros. What does that say about Two your relationship? unhealthy relationships occur out of that? Right. You're, One, you're exercising to, you know, yep. burn excess amount just to justify the shitty foods and then having the shitty foods enter into your diet. You're actually making it a much bigger deal than yeah. it is, is what's happening. Here's a good underrated food that just came to mind. When we were kids... Anytime a kid on TV or a cartoon character or whatever got served a food from their parents or whatever that they didn't like, what was the vegetable that they always talked about was gross? Broccoli, Broccoli or Brussels sprouts. Oh, Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Oh, I know. Brussels sprouts are so good. When I was a kid, I didn't, I, I hadn't really, we never really ate Brussels sprouts when I was a kid in my family. Yeah. But I knew that they were gross because everybody on TV said, Brussels sprouts are so. So underrated. Brussels sprouts are fucking delicious. They're well, if you make them the right way, they're one of my you, favorite vegetables. If you make vegetables. them the right way, because yeah. as kids, are, my experience when I was younger with Brussels sprouts were always like steamed with nothing on them. They're, they are bitter like that, which now brings me to another underrated food, butter. And I'll, I did, I'll eat the fuck out of it. I did not eat yeah. butter for a very, myself. very long time. And I also didn't eat a lot of vegetables. And my my food profile is like flipped on its head compared to what it was just five years ago. Like I eat completely different than when I used to eat. And butter is a, a part of that reason because I've now found all these great recipes with things like you just mentioned, Brussels sprouts and baby spinach and broccoli and asparagus. Like I will, I'll eat the shit out of a bowl of, uh, of vegetables that is flavored up with good fats and stuff on Throw it. Some like bacon in there. using some olive oil and balsamic vinegar and uh, and butter and things like that on the man, a big plate of vegetables that's done up like that with like a good fatty a good fatty piece of meat or lean meat. Oh, oh man. Do you guys uh, remember the, the You know what is gross though? What? Uh lima beans. Really? Yeah. Uh, they might not be now, but I mean I had them growing up. <laughs> my yeah, grandma like, would make I them. Like for them me. I like them on my side. <laughs> You know, like, do yeah. you guys remember? I don't remember where we were, but remember that that dish of uh, Brussels sprouts that Doug made? Yes, that was at the house. God yeah. Yeah. damn, he, that was he good. sent he sent Katrina and I on a kick. That's a staple meal now. Mm-hmm. What did you put in that, Doug? It was so. I have, I know what that is. That's the recipe we make all the time. You got, he's got balsamic in there. He's got mm-hmm. ghee. He has bacon and we have balsamic bacon ghee. What else am I missing? Uh, shallots, walnuts. Shall- that's right, walnuts oh and shallots. God, that yeah. was yeah. that was so yeah. good. I yeah. can't wait till we start we t- making. recipes So we take for that recipe and uh, because it has balsamic in it, 
we make this uh, bison recipe that has like a balsamic type of a, a sauce and balsamic mushroom and something and garlic and something else base. Uh, so we do the bison and those Brussels sprouts, and it's a oh man, that's a staple meal that we that we and you know what this is the type of stuff I would not have ate that two three years ago. So back to what we originally started with the like donuts because I want to address the the people that attach themselves to these meals and that oh, I'll never not eat pizza or oh, I'll never eat donuts or all oh, like you know it's just, that's got to be in there you know you got to find a way in there. It's like again address your relationship with that no one's telling you you can't have great foods there's there's again so many great foods out there you'll probably never experience all of them in your entire life so instead of being hung up and attached to this one thing that you 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 think that you love so much when if you really evaluate how you feel after you consume it you probably don't love it that much you've just attached yourself mm-hmm. to it and and for some reason now you're scheduling your macros and your workout or you're calling it a cheat day and you're justifying it because you had five, six good days of eating all week long and now you just fuck off the entire day. So again, not addressing the root cause of what's really going on. Next question is from Jimmy Rokel. What are your views and thoughts on Western medical practices, including surgeries? Gallbladder removal surgery is estimated to be over 700,000 in the United States and is one of the most profitable. Oftentimes it is truly unnecessary, but the doctors insist on removing it. Can you guys talk about different approaches other than surgery? I understand sometimes surgery is necessary, but believe more holistic approaches are needed for cases that aren't quite as serious. Typical, this, typical. You know, you know what this, this reminds me of what it's like being a trainer. Okay. And I know right now that, um, you know, we're sponsored by Organifi and, you know, for many, many times, many episodes, we've talked about that, that's not a priority when you when you first start. There's other bigger rocks first. Yet I still think that it can benefit some people that are not getting enough enough nutrients. Like for example, like I have made, seen a big difference myself because I don't consistently get my vegetables as much as I do like them and try to get four to six servings every day. It's just a fact I don't. So supplementing with the Organifi green juice has been a game changer for me. But is it necessary? Probably not as necessary. Uh, is there other things that people should focus on first? When I get into these surgeries, I think the same way with, you know, some of these surgeries, sure, they can help that person. It's one of those things I feel doctors can recommend because they know it won't hurt them. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, we could have them do this and they can still- And it's a fix of some sort. Right, right? it's a fix yeah. of some sort, but it's really not addressing the root cause of why- Dude, the- it's typical. it's typical old school Western medicine. The attitudes are starting to change. But it's typical in the sense that, oh, you have a problem here? Cut it out. Yeah. Cut it out. Yeah. Oh, oh, it looks like you're okay without well, your it. Your back hurts surgery. Yeah, so it looks like you're okay without that. Therefore, we probably don't need it in the first place. And this was the attitude. So It's like wisdom, this, wisdom teeth, wisdom consoles. Te- think about, okay, uh, wisdom teeth is one of my favorites. <laughs> um, you know, they say we don't need wisdom teeth. They're bad for you in your mouth. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, why to, did we, just so you guys know too, right now we have a dentist who love, cause we have tons of dentists good. that listen to us that bring are going it. like, you motherfucker. Good, bring <laughs> it. <laughs> and he's going to say, and this happens to us every show that we do yeah, this. Yeah, you make a lot of money uh, off somebody, of it. Somebody sends, somebody sends something to, pre- oh, well this oh, and I that. It's like this. Wah, 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 so, wah. so we wouldn't have evolved if wisdom teeth were so dangerous and bad for us, we wouldn't have evolved with them. Um, it would have caused us problems. In fact, tooth decay or anything with your teeth if you're, uh, you know, evolving uh, through the most of the human civilization, you would have died. You would have died with, with bad teeth. That was a, that would have been a major problem. 
So we evolved with wisdom teeth. They fit fine in our mouths and we use them. Uh, but the reason why many times we don't have room for them or there's infection is just because we have shitty fucking lifestyles. We eat bad diets. There's been some studies have shown that grain-heavy diets or poor diets cause uh, the development of the mouth to be too small or crowded. Kids with braces and crooked smiles. Actually, if you look at the studies of uh, Weston A. Price, who was a dentist that traveled the world, he noticed that modern hunter-gatherers all had these incredibly clean, straight teeth. None of them brushed their teeth. There were no braces. And he couldn't figure out why. And he ended up you know, deducing that it was their diet. They had very, very healthy diets. And that caused their teeth to develop in very good, straight ways. And they didn't need the removal of, like I said, their wisdom teeth. Uh, same thing with the gallbladder and the appendix and the tonsils. Um, you know, tonsils, for example, kids would get an infection, remove them, kid gets much better, boom, let's give everybody, you know, let's remove tonsils like crazy. The tonsils serve a function. They do help prevent certain germs from getting into uh, the body. Um, you can. I've always, you can, wa- I've always wondered, because I had mine taken out when I was like seven years old. I've always wondered if that's part of the reason why I get sick all the time, easier than the average person. I always thought there was some sort of a correlation to that. Well, I mean, appendix is another one. Like Mm. the appendix, uh, it stores good bacteria. Um, Why would we have that? Well, uh, you know, if you get a very bad gastrointestinal disease, you get, you know, dysentery, whatever, flushes your body out of all of its bacteria. How do you repopulate your body with your good bacteria? Well, your appendix stores it. Um, same thing with, you know, the gallbladder with gallbladder stones. Like the problem is, is when we tell people, you know, we have two options, either it's change your lifestyle. Okay. So if you have like a, a appendicitis and it's acute and it's going to rupture, yes, remove it. Cause it could kill you. But there's studies that now show that mild cases of appendicitis can be treated with antibiotics. They don't need to get it removed. And then it just look at your, your lifestyle. Same thing with the gallbladder. The problem is when you tell people to change their lifestyle, versus we can just cut it out and then you'll be fine. What do you think most people are going to want? You know what I'm saying? Most people would be like, well, just cut it out. Yeah. Versus, oh, okay, you have gallbladder stones. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your diet. You eat like this. Let's change that. Let's add probiotics. Let's, uh, you know, uh, your diet is too heavy in processed foods and maybe you should move more and exercise more. And people would be like, that's too much stuff. Why don't you just cut it out right. so that right. I don't even have to worry well, that, about it. And that's how I feel even like the supplementation game is. It's like instead of like addressing what you probably need to get into your diet, using something like a green juice or a supplement to supplement it in emergencies when you need it versus, oh, I'll just fucking cut it out, do it. Oh, I'll just take the pill or I'll just take this because I'm too lazy to do that. No doubt in my mind that whole foods are a better route than taking any supplement. I don't care how organic or how great it is, but hey, in real in reality, you're not always going to be able to get all of your vitamins and minerals, so here's a great option and that we're Yeah, and that's what surgery surgery should be, I think, uh, you know, in the same category. But think about it this way. Something if something you're doing with your lifestyle is causing you to have gallbladder issues and you remove the gallbladder, you may have solved the symptom which is gallbladder stones, right? But you have not fixed the root problem or the root cause. Does that mean that now you've eliminated all symptoms from the problem? No. Some of the other symptoms may be much more subtle, may take much longer to manifest in your body. And if you don't address that root problem, you may cause health problems in the future or other side effects that may seem more subtle or more chronic that you don't necessarily connect, or it may cause a problem with things you can't cut out. You know, you may have a systemic autoimmune issue now um, that you can't just you can't just you know remove. 
Um, and then, of course, when you remove these things, you're you are going to f- change the way your body works. With the gallbladder, for example, because that's the that's the example they gave. Um, you're not going to produce bile uh, the same way when you eat you know high fatty foods, and you may have to take digestive enzymes every time you eat uh, a meal that's high in fat. And I know people like this. I know people who've had their gallbladder removed and. When they go out to eat, they take their digestive enzymes because now they have to supplement um, to, to give their body what they're, you know, what they're. It's crazy that we're, we are this way with the human body, but we aren't this way with anything else. Like we 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 only treat our human body like this. Like think, think, even the way something as simple as like a fucking car, we treat a car better. Like a, a car comes in and uh, the left right tire right is uh, worn out more. Than the other yeah, way. their left rear. Sorry, the left rear tire is worn out more on the inside. And, you know, if, if you had this way of thinking, if we treated our car the same way we treat our bodies that come into, because it's like your doctor, your mechanic, right? So you, if we treated the same way, the, the mechanic would say, here's a new tire. You know, here's a new tire. And just here's, keep doing that. And just keep doing that. Here's a new tire. It's like, well, wait a second. Why does it keep getting wore down more than all the other three tires that I have to keep replacing this tire at a faster rate? And think of all yeah. the other things. It's easier and make they, the mechanic would make yeah. more money doing that. They right. would. And, and it's also, think of all the other things that are going to be affected in the car right. from whatever's causing it to do that that may be more subtle, that may take longer to manifest. And the human body is many, 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 you know, th- millions of times more complex than a car. So, you know, now try to connect the dots. It's very, very difficult. But if you have these outward symptoms, you know, try to identify what may be causing them. And it's typically not just one thing. It's many things. And then you won't have to be in this position. But I will say this. Western medicine is starting to change now. They are starting to learn. They don't do, uh, they don't remove tonsils at nearly the rate that they used to. Uh, they don't remove appendixes n- at nearly the rate they used to. If it's mild enough, sometimes they will prescribe antibiotics and then, you know, have you change a few things. Same thing with the gallbladder. You know, there, there are procedures now where they can actually go in and zap the stones so they don't have to remove your gallbladder. You know, I experienced a little bit of this when I went through my knee surgery. I had torn my ACL and MCL. And it's crazy because... We, I remember, I remember getting the MRI, and I still had kind of swelling going on, and so there's a lot of uncertainties to how much damage was going on in there, and it, I remember like how quick they are to want to go under the knife because that's like an instant thirty to forty thousand dollars. Like, we're gonna cut you open. You may not need the surgery because we we don't know yet until we get in there because it looks like it could be intact still, but it may not be intact still because it's still really swollen, and it's like there's this push to do the surgery because it's like they know as soon as they get under, get under the knife, it's 30 grand. And what ends up happening, I know, and I would love to look at the stat, and I'm sure there's a stat for this, on how many knee surgeries uh, where they don't even actually replace anything. They go under, they open it up, they go to do orthoscopic surgery and realize that, you know, three quarters of his MCL is still intact and you're not going to, you don't do anything with that. You clean, <laughs> you scope it out, you clean it up a little bit and you sew them back up, but then you bill them for thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 because you have... That's what it costs to do this shit, and your insurance gets charged. It's a fucking hustle. Yeah. It becomes like it no longer becomes about what is potentially best for the patient right now, and it's like what can I do safely that I can get the most amount of money out of them is really what it's more about. It's like oh okay, I can get rid of their gallbladder. They don't really need some that. of the responsibility goes to the patient too. Too oh, like, uh, well, all of it when you because it is our responsibility. But think to about it this do way: our like, own homework, think ask about the right questions. Way. You're a surgeon. You've got you know Mr. Johnson who's 50 pounds overweight. He's got poor recruitment patterns. Has knee pain. And you say, look, here's your two options. 
Option one, uh, we're going to work on your nutrition. You're going to need to change that. We need to lose 50 pounds. We're going to take about a year to do it. Um, I want you to see a trainer two days a week to correct muscle imbalances so that you don't you walk differently, so that your knee stops hurting and that your hips are functioning better. Right. Or option two, I'm going to go in there and scope it, and two months later, it's not going to hurt anymore. Which one do you think a lot of people are going to pick? Right. Yeah. You know, so it's it's both sides, it's both sides that we're we're, we're dealing but with. But then you're going to look long term, like well, and you then you didn't fix any of those recruitment patterns. Therefore, you're going to get the wear same wear and tear down the road. It's inevitable. So, and then we're gonna have to do another surgery. Yeah. So, and and you see multiple surgeries happen as a result of this as well because people don't really understand the fact that what caused mm -hmm. uh, the injury in the first place. Well, it's crazy that we even let it get that far. It's crazy yeah. that we let it get that far, and then that we actually even give that as an option because if you're being true to yourself, as and I remember when we talked to Doctor Mercola, you know, he talks about this as a physician. He's all there becomes a point where. You know, you question, you ask yourself, like, do I am I am I going to be in the business of truly trying to help and fo and 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 help uh, progress medicine and help people, or am I going to be in the business of making a business for myself? I mean, you really have to ask that, which is very similar to our profession, right? It's not much different. We at one point we all had to look at ourselves and say, listen, are we in this to make money? Because if we're in this to make money, these are much better routes than the route we're going right now. It's like yeah. so you have to ask yourself, like, what is it that you really want to do? And if you're somebody who really wants to, and I think you as a patient or as you have to. You have to search for this. You have to look for this. Like, what are what are the motives behind this person that's helping me right now? Are they looking just to get me under the knife? Are they looking just to make thirty, forty thousand dollars, or are they giving me the information that I really need about my body and then helping me come to that conclusion? Dude, I had I, do? I had a client come to me who had a, a carpal tunnel syndrome, and her husband was my client, so he brought her. She was going to get carpal tunnel uh, surgery on her wrist. And she was going to do it in like, I think it was like two months or something like that. And uh, the reason why she had to wait was she she didn't want to take the time off because she had to take time off work. So she said, I'll wait 60 days. Mm. He convinced her to come see me. And when she sat down with me, I said, well, you know, I didn't want to tell her like I could fix it because I didn't know what I could, you know, if I could or couldn't. But I did say, hey, at the, at the least what we could do is we could strengthen you enough so that when you do go under the knife, that the atrophy of your muscles and stuff doesn't affect you as negatively. Within fucking thirty days, her pain was gone. She didn't get the surgery anymore. Yeah. And I've, I have a lot of examples of that. So, oh yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, check it out. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. It recently got ranked number one in the universe by Mind Pump. <laughs> we did our own test. We yeah. gave it number one. It's Mind Pump TV. That's the channel. Also, if you go to mindpumpmedia.com, you can enroll uh, in our thirty days of coaching for free. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. 
And until next time, this is Mind Pump.